Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you'll hear dance educator Mary Wood in conversation with soloist Stephen Morse. This interview was recorded on Friday, February 16th, before a performance of Program 2, Bright Fast, Cool Blue. Hope you enjoy. I'm Mary Wood, and I'm just delighted to be here with you this evening, welcoming you to our Meet the Artist interview. And it's um, particular pleasure that the artist we're meeting this evening is soloist Stephen Morse. So welcome, Stephen. Hi, everyone. And it's um, great fun when many of us have been watching Stephen's progress in the company, watching him do featured roles for years, and then to be recognized and promoted as a soloist this season. So congratulations on that. Thank you so much. I think it's uh, always interesting to know how this uh, extraordinary company comes together. And so just in a few words, would you put us into your story? Like, where did you train and how did you get to San Francisco Ballet? Um, I grew up in Orange County, California, so not too far from here. And I was six, my first ballet class. I came with my sister and I was really bored. And so I just joined in the fun and... um, Then I started training seriously in ballet when I was 11. And then when I was 17, I auditioned for the summer program here. And principal dancer, former principal dancer, Tina LeBlanc, who's now in the school faculty, um, she invited me to come take company class. And Mm. I took company class and um, really liked it. And then from there, I was offered a trainee position and was there in the school for a year and then joined the company right after. Say a couple more words about, oh, I'm getting a that signal. <laughs> um, say a couple more words about the trainee situation. What does that mean? Okay, so the trainee program, um, there's 12 students, and um, it's basically ballet boot camp. Um, so you're, you all live together in a house, and it's like a dorm, and... Um, it's just a lot of fun, and um, you work really hard. You take classes with your fellow classmates every day, and then you work and you do technique class and everything, and then you work with the company, and it's basically training you for the company life and um, just everything. Company life. I understand that the trainees actually go out and about and do performances. That too. Um, so part of the training is going out to different venues and um, doing bigger rep and getting opportunities to hone your craft and, um, yeah, basically prepare you for anything that's going to be thrown at you. And then getting invited to join the company. Did you spend a year as an apprentice or did you go right into the... No, I was offered um, my apprenticeship. I was offered an apprenticeship in April, I believe. And then after the student showcase, Helgi offered me a core position. I'm glad he did. Me too. Um, the roles that um, that are available to the men in this company are pretty amazing. Indeed. And that's a little s- circle because the men in this company are pretty amazing and have um, inspired choreographers. Um, let's, um, before we talk about this 
repertoire, this repertory season, um, just your, your opportunities to do classics and contemporary and portray characters, dramatic roles. Uh, how do you feel about each one of those areas? Do you have some favorite things that, um, whether it's classics or contemporary or? They all provide their own challenges. Um, and I like them di like differently. But um, I will say I really enjoy um, the challenges of classic work. And it's the bread and butter of what we're, our training. And um, we, are, we are trained to do that. And it's, um, we're really lucky to actually exercise it every once in a while. And then the contemporary work is um, gratifying in a way where you're basically the choreographer's vision, and um, it's really fun to channel them and um, bring out that. And then dramatic works, I've had a hard time with, and um, but I'm slowly getting more comfortable with them and um, finding myself in those characters is sometimes difficult. But um, I slowly feel like I, the more I do it, the better I become at it, and. I just, yeah, it's been a really nice mix of things to do be in this company. It's an education. Yeah. Um, there's a really good segue in there to this, this repertory program, but I thought of a question I would like to hear an answer from you. Um, Sleeping Beauty, talk about classics. There's a classic. Definitely. Uh, what roles did we see you do in Sleeping Beauty? Any of the featured roles? Um, I was a suitor. So a suitor. I oh. did the Rosa Daggio. And in case you don't appreciate that, here are these four guys who are front and center with the ballerina doing one of the hardest roles she will ever do. So it, that's a part that's only given to trusted Yes. Senior dancers. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> good. Stressful at times, but it was a good challenge. So my, the segue I refer to is um, taking on dramatic roles. Uh, in this program, actually not tonight, but program three, mm -hmm. uh, you will be um, seen, or you are being seen, in Val Canaparoli's Ibsen's house. Yes. So there's a character. So talk yes. about having to develop, how, talk about being chosen for that role and then um, so playing it. So the last time we did it was 2013. And I've been in the company for a few years, but um, Val chose me to be part of it. And it was one of the fe first featured roles I did in the company. And um, my part is Lady of the Sea, I'm the Stranger. And um, basically... I am in love with this woman, and um, she's married, and I'm a sailor, I'm a pirate, and I know, totally relatable. Um, so basically, she has to choose between her, her husband or me, and I have to flee the scene because I murdered somebody, which I didn't know the last time I did it, so that's, yeah. Changed the whole role for me. Um, so, Talk about growing in a role. Yeah, I know, right? And, um, and then he comes back, and he confronts her, and she says no. She chooses to stay with her husband. And so I'm obviously upset. And, yeah. 
So does Val coach you through this kind of character development? Yes, I'm him and his assistant, Mikey Minosa, um, really helped develop the character. Obviously, Val's a genius, and he made a narrative with his choreography, and intention is important with his work, but I will say it's all in there. And um, so him, Mikey, and Betsy Erickson, our ballet mistress, um, really um, worked with each couple and brought out the story. And um, they're really excellent at um, finding each dancer's artistry in that role. And so for me, this, this coaching that I got from, as opposed to last year's or last time's coaching, it was completely different. And it's just been a pleasure to explore that. And um, kind of mark your own maturity yes. as a performer. And Definitely. A new soloist. Um, we are particularly lucky that you are available, that you made yourself available to be with us this evening because you're actually dancing tonight. He is going to be in rodeo. Um, there's a ballet to challenge the men. Yeah, it's really company. fun. How many of you have actually seen it now? So a bunch of people know what to expect. Those of you who have not, hang on. <laughs> Excuse me. So talk about working with Justin Peck. <clears throat> and now what can the folks expect when they say they see this piece, those who haven't already seen it? And a little bit about the challenge of being this incredible ensemble of men dancing. Well, I will say that this company's men are amazing. And every single member Boys and girls, obviously, is amazing, but I think there is a special camaraderie among the men, and we're all very supportive of each other, and um, this work is proof of that. And it just feels like we're playing on stage, and the music's beautiful, and the movement's really fun, and we're kind of skipping around and making jokes and just trying to enjoy ourselves, and so that's why we, I think we all really enjoy the work. And, and it's not hard at all. I mean... I wouldn't say it's super hard, but um, I definitely think that um, it's just more enjoyable. You don't really focus on the hard elements of it because it's so much fun. Hmm. Um, when they do it, it doesn't look hard, I'll have to say, and it does look fun. Um, so you're, uh, here you are sitting here being very relaxed, but in a while you're going to be... Um, working your tail off out there on the stage, no matter what you say. Um, what is uh, an evening routine like for you um, like tonight? I usually get here about an hour before the show and um, do my own makeup and warm up and usually there's music playing in the dressing room and we're just laughing and just having fun. And then I do a bar and then I wait for my time to dance and I go out there. It's really not... I don't think too much about it. I don't have any rituals or um, things, but I just try to remember my choreography and, and try to not take myself too seriously. What about the other work? I think it's on the other program. Uh, Ghost in the Machine? Yes. Yeah, on program three. Um, Miles Thatcher, who is one of our 
one of the guys mm-hmm. <laughs> in the company, also has choreographed a number of pieces, and you were um, in his original cast of this, as I understand mm-hmm. it. Uh, say a little bit more about being part of the creative process and um, what the audience is looking for when they see Ghost in the Machine, maybe compared to Rodeo. Well, I have a special connection to um, the most recent ballet because um, I'm roommates, roommates with Miles. And um, I've, he's been choreographing for a few, few years now, and um, I've, I was there from day one of his process and his ideas. And um, basically, it's the frustrations of being a, like a young person in this world and all the things that are changing. And um, so it was just um, great to be a part of his intellectual um, understanding of how he was feeling. And, um, and basically, he crafted a ballet on how he was feeling. And so... Um, the ballet is really special, and I think everyone who's involved feels really um, proud to be in it. And um, yeah, he's just a really fun person in the studio, and um, he really gets us because he works with us, and we see him every day. And um, he just really is a solid person, and it's always a pleasure to work with him. Well, that's going to be our segue into talking about Unbound. Um, For those of you who came in after we started, I'm in conversation with Stephen Morse, who's a uh, soloist now in the company. Um, The Unbound Festival of New Works, um, I think you would have to have come from outer space not to have heard of it by now. But in case you did, um, this is our amazing, amazing festival that we're looking forward to at the end of the season in which the company will present 12 brand new works that were created on the company this past summer and early fall, which is, I I still can't believe it, and I'm sure the dancers can't believe that it really happened. I can't. (laughs) Um, Miles Thatcher is one of the choreographers who is um, one of the 12. Say a little bit now about kind of the, the festival as it, is, as it came together, as the works came together, because it's just fascinating to most of us. Yeah. Um, so there are 12 choreographers, and the company was divided into three groups. So Team A, Team B, Team C. And um, I am Team B, and that includes Stan and Welch, uh, Christopher Wielden, Trey McIntyre, and Dwight Roden. And so each choreographer got three weeks to create a ballet, which is not a lot of time. Um, but it was definitely three months of lots of dancing, lots of material, lots of um, growth from all of us. And we created four ballets, each group, and... Yeah, it's, it was a crazy time. Um, it was a lot of work, though. It was difficult. It's a difficult to it's difficult to adjust to the different choreographers. I would definitely say like Stan and Welch was super easy to work with. He was very clear in communicating, and um, yeah, he really was um, solid. And 
Um, Question, yes. is he one of those types of choreographers who knows what he wants going in? Yes, very much so. He's very clear in what he wants, and um, yeah, it was a very easy process with him. And then Christopher Wielden came in, and he's obviously a master of his craft, and um, he wanted to experiment a little bit, so um, he took a different route than what he used to, so that was quite a different experience for us. And... Um, so we'll see how that turns out because um, it was a really fun process. What music does Christopher Wilden use? I actually don't know. But um, Stan know, Welch used Bach. So yeah, that was right. great. And then um, we went to Trey McIntyre and he used music by Chris Garneau. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. um, a pop artist and um, really fun music. And that was the easiest process, New York process I've ever been in. Mm. Um, he choreographed the piece in one week. It was just flew by. And um, then for after the second and third week, he just kind of nitpicked and refined it and made it what he wanted. And yeah, that was super cool. And then um, the last one was Dwight Roden. And by that time, our brains were exploding. And <laughs> um, bas oh. basically, we learned a phrase every single day until the last day. And so it was just so much material. And by that time, we were all so tired and our brains were fried. And um, But it was such a gratifying experience because he's such a wonderful choreographer and a very empathetic and nurturing mm -hmm. person. And um, we all wanted to bring the work to what he wanted. So it gave us extra effort to push at the end. Boy, I, he, Dwight Roden is one of, I think, only two that, well, that not, might not be entirely true, but he is um, less familiar to Bay Area audiences because we know Chris Wilden mm -hmm. and we know Stanton Welch. And we have done a piece or two by Trey McIntyre, I, I think. I think he did a piece for Gala, right. I think, so last year or two years ago. Less familiar, but yeah. yeah. But it's fun that the uh, festival has brought in three or four choreographers who are not familiar in yes. the Bay area. So, um, the um, oh, I want to be mindful of the time and be thinking of some questions that you might want to ask. Um, the festival was put together in this pressure cooker atmosphere last summer, but. Now we have to look at the end of the season. So how is it going to, let's say, come together? Um, it seems to me that the company does take, our, our dancers take a break while the National Ballet of Canada comes and does a week of performing Nijinsky, which will be its own fascinating thing. Um, so are you going to then go back to all of these 12 works? Yeah, so I guess after program five, which is the Robbins program, we go straight into Unbound. And from there, we have a few weeks to put it together. And I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but it, will, it, it always does. So <laughs> we'll see. And in, during that time, you have to do things like costumes. Yeah. Have you been fitted for any costumes yet? I personally haven't yet, but some people have. So it's actually... It's happening. Happening. <laughs> and um, staging rehearsals, sets, and then getting the music. Not all of it is orchestral. Some of mm -hmm. it is recorded. So, um, yeah, it'll be an interesting three or four weeks yeah, at the end of the season. There's going to be a lot going on. 
Wow. Okay, so does anyone have questions for Stephen? Two interesting questions. I don't know if two is necessarily <laughs> fair, but we'll try. Um, let's see. The first was, um, and I think she may be referring to Miles, um, for a corps de ballet member to become a choreographer, and how does that happen? Start with that one. Um, so his first, so our training year, um, we were all given an opportunity to choreograph a piece. And that was the inception of Miles's first ballet. And from there, it was performed at um, the Assemblée International in Canada. All the schools assemble. And then from there, he got more work with the school. And then it naturally went to the company. And so um, it is rare. And um, it's, it's a real blessing to have someone who understands our company and how it works and um, to create a ballet for the main stage here. I will say um, the question is asked of Helgi often, and he will always answer that in that situation, watching all of the students given the opportunity, he just saw something in Miles' work. Um, other company dancers have certainly been given the opportunity to choreograph, but uh, it is a little more unusual to come up from the core. But I think that also speaks to the significance of our trainee programs. And um, we've got to be sure and get leap into this. Okay. Okay. Um, her other question had to do with remembering choreography and um, contemporary choreography. And I'm kind of wondering if maybe the thought being classical choreography is so vocabulary-laden, but contemporary choreography, not so much. Um, I think for me, they're equal. I, in my, like, before I go to sleep, I go over all my choreography that I had to do the next day and, or that I learned that day. And um, it is easier when you understand the vocabulary, but I feel with contemporary movement, I have a, more of an understanding. When my, I can imagine myself doing it um, just, as e just as I could with classical work. So I wouldn't say they're one's harder than the other for me, at least. Before we wrap up, I do want to um, acknowledge a very important program that exists not just here at San Francisco Ballet, but basically throughout the country, and that is the LEAP program. Would you describe it? Um, the LEAP program um, allows dancers... Oh, I actually don't even know. L-E-A-P, learning, Listen, liberal or education artists. for performing artists, or for AP, artists, professionals, oh, Art, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. Liberal arts, liberal education for art professionals. Okay, we got it. <laughs> and it's a liberal education, and it's a great thing. Go. Um, Basically, they cater to our schedule, and um, we go to school on Sunday nights from 6 to 10 after performing, and um, it's basically we are able to get our bachelor's in arts, and um, I'm a huge fan of the program, and um, I'm working towards my bachelor's. How far along are you? I finished my core 10, so now I'm doing all the extracurricular stuff, so there's still a way, but... Like, I'm taking a break right now because obviously the workload's too much. But, um, yeah, I'll be back in summer. 
So the whole idea is to offer performing professionals, while you are still performing, the opportunity to work toward um, an undergraduate degree. Yes. And um, it's uh, administered through, I think it's St. Mary's it's College, California. College here in the Bay Area. The first question is, um, how do I learn or memorize choreography? Is that correct? Mm -hmm. um, I visual visualize myself doing it. I like imagine myself like watching from where you're sitting and I imagine myself doing it on the stage. And so that's how my body processes it. And I try to remember things that way. And then there is a female choreographer for the New York's festival and her name's Annabelle Lopez Ochoa. And the other one is Kathy Marston. Oh, Kathy Marston. Yes. Thank you. Is that all? I Just think two? so. I yeah. I think so. Annabelle um, team, so. Lopez Ochoa and has a lot of work that is around. You can, in fact, I think Smeelan Ballet is doing one this season. Um, she's more familiar. Kathy Marston, not so much in the on the West Coast. More in the UK. More, more in the UK. So that'll be really interesting. I'm sorry we have to finish. Um, I've had this wonderful conversation with Stephen Morse, and we are really looking forward this evening to seeing you in rodeo and seeing you throughout the rest of the season. So and thank you all. Enjoy this evening's performance. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For other podcasts and audience engagement programming, please check out sfballet.org explore.